5 Minutes with Phil, a daily devotion for people on the go. Brought to you by Tabor Church. Welcome back to the podcast. This is 5 Minutes with Phil. All right, we are back to be able to close out the week looking at the last chapter of James, and we are in the first verses of it. So James 5, we're going to look at 1 through 6. It seems like it all kind of goes together there. So look here, you rich people. Weep and groan with anguish because all of the terrible troubles ahead of you. Your wealth is rotting away. Your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags. Your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth you were counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. This corroded treasure you have hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment. For listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated out of their pay. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of the Lord of heaven's army. You have spent your years on earth in luxury, satisfying your every desire. You have fattened yourselves for the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed innocent people who do not resist you. So as I told you when we started this series on James, that uh, James, one of his major themes is this rich and poor, and he's going to point out a lot of things that are not right. And he's saying, you know, the wealthy are living high and the poor are often forgotten in this world. And we've seen that across scripture even. You know, Jesus talks about it, and, you know, even the Old Testament brings up this this disparity between, you know, the poor and the rich. And so we always ask the question, well, who's wealthy, right? So, and, and whenever that, that question is addressed, it doesn't matter who it's addressed to, but usually the answer is, whoever's wealthy is whoever has more money than I do. Um, because we never want to look at ourselves as wealthy, uh, you know, especially those who are kind of living in the in the middle class or even lower middle class, even the poor, right? We we never want to consider that actually what we have is can still considered wealth. I think I've shared these numbers before uh, in the past, but when you're actually looking at the world's wealth, it says that the the U.S. makes up a one the one percent right you were always you know thinking about the one percent of the united states and you know occupy wall street many years ago were were concerned about this one percent that was really putting a squeeze on the rest of the united states but when you're looking at the the world's wealth the united states it says that you only need thirty four thousand dollars if you're making $34,000 as an individual, more than that, you're already in the top 1%. You're in the top 1% of the entire world's wealth. And so when we think about this, because the global medium income is $1,225 a year, right? <laughs> that's, that's a year. That's the medium. So to make it to the notorious top 1% earners in the U.S., you have to be making about $500,000 a year annual income. So when you're looking at the disparity, and it's so often very easy for us because we are living in one of the wealthiest nations in the whole world, to be able to think about why we don't have as much as we think we need. 
and we're trying to be able to you know go paycheck to paycheck we're worrying about paying our bills we're worried about making sure that we have enough and and it's really easy if we're in that spot to be able to say yeah of course anybody who has more than me is wealthy and they're probably trying to be able to hoard it for themselves but I, you know, as I go back to it, I don't believe, you know, James is not just talking about those with money and those without money. Because as I'll point back out again, because this is another reinforcement issue, is that Jesus, when he talks about money, he's saying that the, the, that the love of money is the root of all evil. It's the greed in our hearts that we're longing for something else. This is the idol of money. And, and, if, and if money owns our hearts, if it owns our, our place and security in our lives, then there's something wrong. It doesn't matter how much money you have. If, you, if you're trying to cling to money as the support and the security of your life, then both Jesus and James are on the same page, and it's going to lead to a life of destruction. Because there are people with money that have a good view of the world. And they have a good view of being able to say, you know what, I'm going to put this money to use. And I have seen and I, have, and I can testify to you know, the, the, the works of people out there that it, it doesn't just mean if you've got money, you're automatically you know, going to be cast into the lake of fire. That's, that, that, that's ridiculous. But it's how are you going to put those, that money, that, those possessions, your life into good means, right? To be able to use it to the glory of God. Because if you're not, then you're saying, what else are you clinging to? And this is the hard part for us to be able to consider when we're talking about wealth, when we're talking about rich and poor, when we're talking about positions in the world, and and this is where it goes back to for James, right? And uh, he says you've you've spent uh, years on the earth in luxury, satisfying every desire. You've condemned and killed innocent people who do not resist you. So this can be seen in lots of different areas. We can see this in companies in the way that they you know, treat their employees that they barely want to pay them. They want to, you know, almost look at uh, slave wages and say, you can get by on this. Why? Because you're, you know, I mean, look at, you're making more than most people do. You know, look around the world, right? And you'll see that you already make enough money. Why are you complaining? And while at the same time, they're getting super wealthy off the backs of, of the poor, and those who are trying to get by even in, in this country. And so what other ways are which we are taking advantage of that we're not afraid to just stomp on people just to be able to get what we think we need? And this will go back to a question for us individually. And we are around the time. Next week is Thanksgiving. Uh, November is also m- many people spend time you know, because it is Thanksgiving, talking about stewardship in November as well. And it's in this time frame that we start to ask ourselves these questions. And I think it's always a good opportunity not to just spend time wondering about if we are holding money or possessions as an idol, but it's also a good opportunity to say, where have we been blessed? Where has God been good? And 
If God is the giver of all good things, then we look at everything good in our life, we can thank God for it. And we can go back to and say, I don't want to hold anything in that position that's going to try to rule my heart and the place where God should be. So take a few moments, uh, even today, when you're thinking about and trying to work through this whole set of, of issues, because, yeah, James gets real biblical, real fire and brimstone, and so it's okay to be able to be confronted with that, and then sort it out, and then understand God's grace is still big, and we need it every day. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. We will be back again next week, and we're going to finish out James next week. I guarantee it. All right, everybody, take care.